Hello, I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. Welcome to Partners in Fright. So welcome to our first episode of 50 Nights and 50 Frights. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are doing from September 1st to Halloween, which is 50 nights, um, all of our favorite horror movies. That's right. Not all of, uh, five each. And then hopefully we're doing some new releases in there too. Which, by the way, this was really tough because it was a week where we were trying to figure out our five that we wanted to watch throughout Mm -hmm. this. And I had to revise mine a couple of times. Did you have an issue Finding five that you wanted to dive into? Yes. And I would like to clarify and defend myself (laughs) with my choice. (laughs) (laughs) Because now I'm going back to my list and I'm revising a little bit. (laughs) When I say favorite, I mean, we can take that however we want. I personally took it as, like, nostalgic movies. Mm -hmm. Um like movies that I watched again and again and again, like when right. I was a teenager, when I was really starting to get into horror movies, um, maybe not quality movies, uh, but <laughs> just ones that had nostalgia factor for me. Okay. Um, so I want to make that abundantly clear with the <laughs> movie that I have chosen for <laughs> this week um, because I'm about to completely shit on it. <laughs> and I apologize for that, and I'm going to go reevaluate my list. <laughs> so this pick that we're about to reveal um, is just pure, like, nostalgic. Yeah, like, I remember really liking it, like, in high school. Mm-hmm. I would watch it with my friends, um, and... I don't know, like I like it was like a good horror movie and like it was like one of my go tos well, when, when I was a when teenager. you first yeah, when you first brought this up to me, I knew that there was a remake of it and I wasn't sure if you had met the original or if you meant the remake. Yeah, the remake. Because yeah. well, I mean, let's just let's just reveal it. <laughs> <laughs> so I chose The Hills Have Eyes. Right. The 2006 remake. Um, So I've actually never seen the 70s original. Oh, okay. I don't know if I would even be interested in it. Like, (laughs) I haven't watched this movie in forever. And, And, like, that was honestly one of the reasons that I put it on the list because I wanted to rewatch it. Um, Like, I haven't seen it in so long right that i wanted to see if it still held up and like if it brought up any of that nostalgia factor Mm -hmm. okay i honestly just like (laughs) felt sick the whole movie (laughs) right oh god Uh, um so i can i can i read like the the plot of it or the summary yeah from imdb because it's fascinating to me um so According to IMDb, between 1945 and 1962, the United States conducted 331 atmospheric nuclear tests. 
the government still denies the genetic effects caused by the radioactive fallout. I love that. There's not a ton of movies out there that I could think of that surround this kind of, like, theme. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, like, you know, mutations and and weird, you know, backwoods cannibal people or something. But I just find it super interesting that there's these people who live in the town and then, you know, they got, they're deformed now mm-hmm. from this, from this fallout. And, um, there's just this weird, innocent family just driving through and, you yeah, know. Yeah. And like that whole, um, like the nuclear, um, testing site towns, mm-hmm. like they're super creepy and they give up an eerie yeah. vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, even in, um, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh, and I think it's like the very beginning that he's like he's in one of those towns. I've I've only seen the movie once. You've only seen it once. Uh, the Crystal Skull. Yes. Yeah. I I don't need to see it any more than once. Uh, <laughs> I I don't remember the the beginning too well. Um. I don't I don't remember like how he ends up there, but he like it's like a nuclear testing site. Like, I don't know how a nuke is going off, but I think a nuke is going off, or I don't know. But he hides <laughs> in, like, a refrigerator, and then he... Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, like, you know, because I guess in the 50s, <laughs> refrigerators were built, like, <laughs> bomb shelters. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I like, the premise of this movie is, like, cool. Um, yeah, it actually kind of reminded me. Um, I don't think you've you've played it, but Fallout New Vegas. No, it's very like out in the desert. You know, you got these. They used to be people, but in the, they're all mutated from the yeah. from the fallout. So like disformed heads and like added limbs yeah. <laughs> and stuff. And like this movie actually like it has a killer cast to it i mean maybe not killer but uh, like some big names at least because um is it ted or tim levine uh i think tim um oh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's tim i forget we're terrible podcasters i I feel bad for forgetting (laughs) um like the guy from silence of the lambs and honestly i know him more from the sheriff or not the sheriff but like the uh the lead cop in monk like the police chief i guess i've only ever seen one episode yeah i guess he's like the chief (laughs) okay i've only seen one episode of monk i think barely one yeah that's such a good show I've heard okay things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, and I think that his character in Hills of Eyes is, like, more directly relatable to that one because he mm-hmm. is, uh, in this movie, a retired detective. Wait, so that's the dad? Yeah. The one with the mustache and has that weird Yeah, from accent? Silence of the Lambs. Oh, my God. I didn't even put two and two together. The one who's like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Are we talking about the same guy? Did the guy who's like, <laughs> oh my god, the dad in the dad in Hills Have Eyes is the same, the dude from uh, Silence of the Lambs, the killer from Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill. Yes, that's the same guy. Yeah. All right. And he's called Big Bob in this movie. Okay. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, it's the same guy. Okay. Okay. You didn't I, know that? I no, I did not. Oh my gosh, Joe. Mm-mm. I haven't seen him in anything else. I mean, I think that's why they casted him in this movie because you know he's like a big horror. Like, hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say like big horror name, but like people right. do know him. You know, Silence of the Lambs. Is you know, I technically a horror movie. Uh, I guess. Yo, like a thriller. Uh, yeah, yeah, with like elements of of horror in there, especially the the night vision. Yeah. Scene that was crazy, um, but actually the the son Bobby really stood out to me in this movie. I think he was my favorite. Yes. Actor. Okay. So if anybody is following us on Instagram, which if you're not following us on Instagram, please go follow us. <laughs> We're at Partners in Fright Podcast. Mm-hmm. I posted a little teaser on our story, and it was um so this same actor. I think his name is Dan Bird, um, and he is in. Cinderella story with Hilary Duff and he plays like the sidekick and I had such a crush on him. So I posted like a screen uh, still from Cinderella story and Mm -hmm. I was like, can anyone guess our next pick? (laughs) Um, Because this is like loosely related. So yeah, I mean, I, this was probably around the same time. I think maybe Cinderella story was a little earlier than Hills Have Eyes. Right. I feel like, we just did not fact check anything for this episode, so please don't come for us. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and in fact, we actually watched this movie like two nights ago, and normally we record immediately after watching. So mm-hmm. I think this this episode is just going to be like a shit show, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's right. Yeah, he he stood out to me. It was, he was by far the most phenomenal actor Agreed, of yeah. the of the whole cast. Um. So yeah, trigger warning. There is. Uh, a- animal death. But the I dog would say. dies. Yeah, there's a dog that dies. Which is the third movie where the dog. We're dies. not doing this on purpose. I swear <laughs> to God, we're not. Um, as soon uh, as I saw the dogs, I was like, "Oh shit!" Another one. Yeah. Another one. Um, I did the same thing, but really quickly, the last cast member that was of note, and I didn't realize this until the next morning, mm-hmm. was that the girl who plays Lynn in this movie. I don't even know her name. Um, she plays Allison in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Which I thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. I think technically a horror movie, a kid's horror movie. I mean. Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Like a kid's version like of a, a horror movie? Like a playful horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we that Hocus Pocus 2 is one of the ones that we're planning on reviewing on the pod for 50 Nights and 50 Frights mm-hmm. because it comes out in September. I think so. Um, very and, soon. Fun fact, Joe and I were actually in Newport, Rhode Island when they were filming for Hocus Pocus 2, so I thought it would be really fun to do that, especially since we got to see some of the set design going mm-hmm. up. And Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. So I guess we should probably dive into this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah that was some healthy banter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, I think, like, I don't know if we're going to go through the whole plot, uh, we will probably end up doing it, but <laughs> um, I think that I, I think I said this in the last episode that like for fifty nights, fifty frights, that you know some of these are really well known. So you guys probably already know the plot, but mm-hmm. um, we're gonna go through the things that we loved about the movie. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm gonna absolutely shit on this. Uh, so go ahead and guess my rating. And this was my pick, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, 
Yeah, so Joe already kind of read the opener that goes across the screen in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this really long... Oh, I'm sorry. Even before the title sequence, there's like the desert and there's green slime. And then I thought of the hash-slinging slasher again. And like how many more <laughs> movies are we going to have like with oozing shit? <laughs> um, and there's like a really bad CGI fish. And the people in the... There's like four people and they're in hazmat suits. And they bag up this fish. And then basically all of them get brutally murdered. And get like dragged away Mm -hmm. with chains uh, in a pickup truck. Not in the pickup truck. They're like attached to the pickup truck with chains. Right. Yeah, so like a big chunk of like... I guess like the backstory on this movie is... Um, there's a small town and the government told people to move out and there were certain people that decided to stay. Mm-hmm. Except for we don't know that at this point. Right. Um, but there's a, I guess like a gas station attendant. Well, I yeah, think? but we're not there yet. Oh, uh, we can. Okay. Well, I just want to really, <laughs> I really quickly mention the annoyingly okay. long title sequence. Oh my God. Um, and it was like a Ye- bunch of like nuclear explosion videos mm-hmm. uh, mixed with like deformed babies. Yeah. Which I was reading the, the pictures were actually uh, pictures of babies from like Vietnam. Yeah. And they were affected from Agent, Agent Orange. Orange. Yeah, I wanted to say that. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you just completely stole my thunder there. Anyway, that's all that I wanted to mention. So go ahead with your gas station attendant. Uh, okay. So um, it's not just like this family like attacks people and it's it's very barren in the first place. So it's kind of like this um, this like give and take relationship, I guess. So, yeah, I don't really know what he's getting out of this relationship with these mutants. Well, it's like a jewelry oh, money. Oh, okay. I guess that Yeah, makes so sense. effectively, like, there's one gas station It's in this super barren town. Think, like, road uh, Route 66, mm-hmm. nothing around. So people who come in for car trouble or gas, they'll pull in, and the attendant will give them directions on where to go and essentially it's a dead end and then that's where they get ambushed by i guess it's a family or i'm not i'm not sure like (laughs) like a chosen family type situation right and so they they're cannibals so they'll capture the people they'll feast on their body and then they'll give the i i'm just gonna call it leftovers so like money Jewelries, anything. Yeah, and a fucking ear <laughs> in a takeout yeah. box. I didn't. <laughs> Maybe they're like, if you're hungry later, here's a little snack. A little yeah. snicky snack. So the family, they leave this duffel bag filled with goodies, you know, like I said before, jewelry, cash, whatever. They put it in this duffel bag and they give it to this, uh, this like gas attendant, yeah. I guess, and he lives at the gas station. So he pulls in this duffel bag and we start seeing him clearly like he's tired of the shit and he's like talking to himself and he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And you know, uh, but there was a styrofoam like takeout box and it had a severed ear in it to this day. I still have no idea 
what the if there was a message behind it or what the point of having the ear. I think they were trying to be nice. Like, you're hungry. Here's a little ear. Like, we saved you the best part. Oh, my God. Which, like, by the way, like, okay, I get they were, like, affected by, like, nuclear radiation, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. First of all, like, these miners, they wouldn't have just, like, been exposed to radiation and then instantly deformed, right? Like, first, like, this was, like, generations. And, like, this is Mm -hmm. only 2006. So, like, there has to be, like, you know, the core people who were affected by the radiation, and then they have babies, and then they've Mm -hmm. grown up into these monsters. Like, but, like, physical deformities don't make you cannibals. Like, why the fuck didn't they just, like, open their own grocery store? Oh. And, like, wall it off from the rest of civilization if, like, everybody's freaked out because, like, They've got big heads. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, I mean, A, there's nothing around. So they wouldn't be able to go out and go shopping and, and get food. That's what and I'm saying. Make your own grocery store. I don't know. That gas station attendant had some food there. He had water. He had a, he had a freezer full of uh, food. Yeah, I don't know. I guess... I guess it started like a couple generations back, where it's just that's what easier I'm saying. to eat. Like it's the 1950s; they get affected, and this is only 2006. Mm-hmm. That's 56 years to go through a generational cycle of becoming deformed and then becoming cannibals. I, I think bottom line, nothing in this movie makes sense. <laughs> 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 Which I mean, honestly. A lot of things in horror movies don't make sense. It's really right. just, like, for the scares. Which, by the way, severely lacking in this movie. I think that it's really just, like, the thought of it. Uh, you know, like, the thought of these, like, gross-looking people that are just, like, living in the hills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I love the premise of it. It's just, like I I told you when we were watching the movie, it felt like it's very style over substance. Like, I feel like a lot of, I guess, the scares were played out as more, like, flash and gore. For sure. Yeah, and it didn't, at least with me, stuff that's scary, I can relate to. So, if, if a character is... You know, going through a haunted house, that's not really scary. But, you know, what's that reason for them going through the haunted house? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, in this case, this family. Which, like, okay, let me get these <laughs> names real quick. Uh, Big Bob equals dad. Which, and, his accent, by the way. Oh, my God. Joe, I, <laughs> Joe, did the, <laughs> Joe did the accent on the night that we watched it. And I laughed so hard. I lost my voice the next morning, no lie. Uh, do you want to I take another stab at it? I can't even reflect it. It <laughs> felt like he had this weird, like, like Midwestern cop accent. So <laughs> he, would, he would walk around and be like, Hi, I'm, I'm Big Bob. I can't even... <laughs> no, that was really... I can't even... That was on point. I can't even re- replicate it. Um, but uh, it was just, oh my God, it was like a fish to a lure. Like, I, 
I kept like listening and like I was fascinated <laughs> by it. It was like watching a car wreck. Ethel is the mom, mm-hmm. and then they have three kids: Bobby, Brenda, and Lynn. Which I don't know why they didn't go for three Bs, <laughs> because it seems like they would be the type of family to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Lynn is married to Doug, and they have a baby, Catherine. This baby is so cute. She is really cute. And I think watching this movie as a parent and a mother severely changed my opinion or my outlook on it. Um, I bet, yeah. So I think that that was maybe one of the reasons why it didn't hold up for me. Mm, Um, Okay. Although it was like... Like, I agree with you. I think that it was really, like, flashy, and they went for, like, shock factor with a lot of the things that happened in the movie, and there weren't any, like, legitimate scares. (laughs) I'm just laughing. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. I'm going to start laughing so much. Um, (laughs) I'll hold it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm sorry. You were going to go on about the family, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll, I know we'll get back to this later, but another reason why I didn't really love this movie a lot was I didn't really care about any of the characters. I mean, I feel like they make it hard for you to care about them. They overcorrect. So in order for you to care for a character, what you see splayed out in front of you is the, like, the development of that character. So it gives you backstory mm-hmm. so you can hopefully relate mm-hmm. and you can have empathy towards his character. That way, if and when something evil or bad or dangerous happens to them, you you want them, you know, to be safe and make it through the end. Mm-hmm. They spent literally half of this movie showing you this family and how they interact with each other what each person is like. There's so much family drama and commotion going on that when members of this family, spoiler alert, dies, I was, like, uh, uh, totally on board. I was like, let's go cannibals. <laughs> uh, but that was that was a huge reason why I just... I'm not a huge fan of this movie. Yeah, so... Like you said, there is a lot of family dynamics. So, like, we get Mm -hmm. that they're traveling to San Diego for the parents' silver anniversary, and they've, like, wanted to bring all the kids. Right. And now first grandchild. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to do it on an RV, but I forget why. Oh, did they give a specific reason? I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was... I think Big Bob wanted to, like, see the sights, I guess. Yeah, drive through the through the country. Yeah. So Big Bob used to be a detective. Um, Doug is uh, a cell phone salesman. Yep. 95% coverage. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, 97% coverage. I hated this guy so much. <laughs> I did, too. And they make him out to be, like, the hero in the second half of the movie. Right. I think they picked the wrong person to put the hero title on. Yeah. Um, Because you liked Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, like he... Little Bob. Little Bob, yeah. He was, like, emulating his dad, and you could definitely see the bond between both of them. And 
he's just a typical teenager. He's like fighting with his his sister who's close in age. Mm-hmm. Um, but and this is kind of him like coming into like manhood. Yeah, and like that's fast forward with these events that's happening to the family. He really steps up and he's like, you know, not becoming a man, but you know, taking that that leadership role like head of the family role yeah Yeah, and then you take doug who i've i mean it's subjective but he's not a very likable character for some reason he's like a a dick like he's a dick to big bob but he says that big bob always has something to say about him and it does seem like big bob doesn't really like him but it seems like kind of like that stereotypical like father-in-law son-in-law relationship where mm-hmm. like the father doesn't really approve of who his daughter has chosen to be with right um and then like there's just tension there mm-hmm. um but it's funny what you say about bobby because um we'll get to it but like when <laughs> big bob says like when big bob leaves he's like um bobby you're like in charge like girls listen to your brother or something right um, so i'm thinking even though lynn is older and it seems like maybe Brenda is even older, too. Yeah. I'm not sure. It was unclear. Right. So I feel like when Big Bob was out of the picture, then Doug took it upon himself to insert himself in that role. Right. To be the leader, I guess, of that of that group. Yeah, I think he sees himself as, like, the older person. You know, like, Bobby's younger than him. So right. he treats him like a kid. Right. A little bit. Which I get. We've seen that. Yeah. That combination thousands of times before. Um, But there's, like, little things throughout the movie that just, I guess, rubbed me the wrong way on what, you know, his character did. Yeah. Well, let's get through a little bit of the plot Mm -hmm. first. Uh, Like you said, the gas station attendant had that bag of stuff from the other tourists. Right. um, that's kind of like laying in the back room. I think he gets interrupted by this family coming through the gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just filling up. And they ha- they also have two dogs, Beauty and the Beast. And they are mm-hmm. German Shepherds. Right. And then I think one of them gets out, which this is a theme throughout the whole movie of <sighs> the dogs getting out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Lynn goes to get Beauty um out of the gas station like she like ran through the whole gas station Mm -hmm. um and lynn is in that back room where the tourist stuff is and i think the gas station attendant thinks that she saw what was in the bag but she didn't um she didn't look in it are you sure because there's a she started to but then she saw beauty i think because beauty started barking Uh uh and or like trying to climb out the window or something. Yeah. But I don't... She didn't see it, I don't think. Oh, okay. I thought she kind of, like, was peeking in there a little bit. Like, I think she went to go peek, and then she got distracted, and she didn't actually see it. But I think the gas station attendant did think that she saw it, and that's when he was like, okay, I'm going to direct these people to go get murdered, basically. Yeah. You know what? That's interesting. That's, like, the whole... That'd be the turning point of the movie, because right before that... The gas station attendant told them. Right. He gave them directions, like actual directions. Yeah, and he, when he's going through the tour stuff, he's like, "I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. Right. Like I'm not 
Yeah. And so. now, unfortunately, he thinks that Lynn saw what was in the bag. So now he's like, oh, shit. You know, I don't want to, like, right. get She's in trouble. Right. She's a witness. Yeah. So now I'm going to help kill <laughs> the yeah. whole family. Yeah. I think that is what happened because, like you said, that is a mm-hmm. turning point because then he goes back out. Um, like, they're about to drive away. And he goes back out and he's like, you know, there's a shortcut. And he tells him about a shortcut that's, like, two miles down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if someone ever tells you it's not on the map, oh my God, it's a yeah. shortcut, don't believe them. Um, like, yeah. Like, we uh, we listened to the Distractable podcast, and their recent episode was Go With Your Gut. And we've been <laughs> saying it to each other, like, this week after <laughs> listening to it. But, like, if there's one fucking time to go with your gut feeling, like, it would be... In an abandoned area where, like, somebody's, like, mm-hmm. you know, about this shortcut that's not on a map that's going to save you four hours. It's like, you know what? That's too good to be true. Big Bob has a map. Yeah, Big Bob, he listened to his wrong gut. He's a detective. He should know this. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're giving this movie too much credit. <laughs> so they have, like, a, a pickup truck, and then they have a wind stream. And... Bobby and Doug are in the windstream, and then, like, the girls and the parents and Catherine are all in the pickup truck, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, they put this baby in a front-facing car seat, and you know that you're a mom (laughs) when you watch this movie, and you're like, that baby is way too little to be (laughs) front-facing. The things that, like, you pick up as as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, So Doug and Bobby are together in the windstream, Mm -hmm. and... um, just, like, the first thing that, like, rubs you the wrong way about Doug is that he says, like, fuck your sister when they're, like, having a conversation about Lynn. Um, yeah, well, they're – so <laughs> Doug was trying to fix the the vent, the AC the, yeah. vent because it was busted. And then he's like, oh, Bobby, don't don't worry about that. I already tried it. It's not going to work. And then, of course, Bobby gets it to work. And then Doug pulls out, like, a cigarette. And then Bobby – Oh. Mentions, well, I thought you quit smoking. Uh, you know what? What is what is my sister going to think about that or something like that? And then immediately, Duck's like, "Eh, fuck your sister." Yeah, and fuck Big Bob too. And it came out of left field. Yeah. So then, obviously, when they're going down this shortcut, um, there's like spikes in the road. Like it's a trap. Yeah, and yeah. they hit it, and uh, they you know veer off the road. Um. And someone with, like, a creepy noise, like, pulls the tracks off. So you know that, like, this wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. Clearly on purpose. Uh, they say that the car's totaled, like, the pickup truck is totaled. Uh, the freeway is too far for the CV radio to pick up. And uh, there's no signal on their cell phones. So they have to walk. And Big Bob has lots of guns. <laughs> And he actually says, like, leave Doug alone. He's a Democrat and he doesn't believe in guns. <laughs> and then this was another part where, like, you just think that Doug is an asshole and he's, like, checking out Brenda, which is not his wife. Doug is married to okay. Lynn. So you caught that as well. Yeah, it was very obvious. Okay. The way it was edited, like, I don't know. It was really quick. Um, but Because Brenda takes her shirt off to, like, start suntanning because she's like, we're going to be here for a while. Right. Which, by the way, the sun, the suntan lotion looks like a bottle of Italian dressing. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Doug checks her out. Yeah. And then Lynn sees like some flashing lights off in the distance, but there's like 
So she sees something out in the hills, Mm -hmm. and then there's, like, immediately a jump scare where Bobby's banging on the window asking for a Twinkie. (laughs) I love Bobby. And then uh, they decide Big Bob is going to go to the gas station, and Doug is just, like, walking the opposite direction. Oh, yes. Well, okay, real quick, just to show you how clueless Doug is, the truck is clearly fucked up. Like, the whole front end is buckled up, and... So Big Bob is kind of like looking at the tires and he's, you know, of course he's pissed off. Anyone would be. And Doug comes up and he's like, what's wrong with it? Can, can you can you fix it? And Big Bob's like, no, the, the axle is bent. What, what am I supposed yeah, to do? This is like after he's already said that it's totaled. He's like, it's totaled. And, and Doug's like, can we fix it? Yeah, Doug repeatedly is like, what are we going to do? Like, do you have a plan? To- what are we going to do? Totaled is unfixable. Oh, my God. It's so frustrating. But anyways, so they split up because um, Big Bob decides to head back to the gas station. Yeah. They get no cell service. And he uh, instructs Doug to go, go ahead and forward for the road to meet up to the highway to see if he can, you know, yeah. flag someone down or whatnot. And they all pray before uh, <laughs> the guys start walking. And I think that this was, like, you know, to show they're religious, like they're a good old-fashioned Christian family. It's the mom who's trying to Yeah, because be it seems that. like the kids, like, are not really into it. No. Um, I also think it's the last time that the family is together. Right. And they, um, Brenda also says before they go into this like prayer huddle that, um, she's like, thank God no one's watching. And then they like zoom out and somebody's watching them with binoculars. Yep. Um, <laughs> which like, I, that was another thing that like, it just didn't, there was no continuity there because like they act like these mutants are like, and I'm, I don't know if that's like the right term, but I'm just going to go with mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like an X-Men movie if I say <laughs> that. Um, but it feels like they are like, they're uncivilized, right? Like they're obviously like they're cannibals. They're eating people. They're killing people. They've lost all sense of like humanity. And yet they have like binoculars. They're driving pickup trucks. Like, it, like right. they're using CV radios, like walkie talkies with each other. Yeah. I mean, devil's advocate, I think. There's like a a spectrum. So later on in the movie, you see a couple of these cannibals that are clearly have like the mental capacity of like a toddler. But -hmm. then we also do see some that have like a full vocabulary. Um, So I think Mm -hmm. it affects them each differently. differently. Yeah. So everybody splits up. Bobby's sweatshirt uh, is missing. And the family is just kind of like talking. And then like. Beauty, the dog, is, like, barking, and she gets out again. Bobby follows her, and then he, like, hears her crying off, like, I mean, like, he's running, like, a far way away from the mm-hmm. RV, um, but, like, the the crying of the dog is, like, echoing around, um, so he's not sure what direction it's coming from, and then he hears something, like, close by, like, something that's not Beauty, mm-hmm. and he grabs a rock. And it's a little girl in his red sweatshirt um, that's watching. So she stole it when they were at the gas station. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that Bobby sees her at this point. Um, But he does find beauty and trigger warning. um, She's like disemboweled. 
and mm-hmm. he's, you know, obviously very upset. Um, this was the moment where I was like, oh, shit, like, this is, he's doing a phenomenal job acting. Yeah, it's you, like, you it have, was very visceral. Yeah, you'll have some people who are like, you know, oh, my loved one, they, they died, and they're like, <laughs> getting all choked up. Um, but this, I could feel it. It was so not a very... like CM Punk when he finds his dog in the in the dryer. <laughs> oh, I want to forget that movie. Uh, this was this was a really good example of um, not only a viewer getting lost in like the acting, but you, you could tell, you could feel that the actor was like getting lost in that moment, yeah, in that scene with just like a fake, you know, cut open dog. Yeah, and he's, like, a really good actor. I was looking to see if he was in anything else recently, but he's really Not just, like... Really. It's just a bunch of little small yeah, roles. Yeah, like, small TV roles. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, main claim to fame is this and Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he starts running once he finds Beauty's body, and he falls off a cliff. He's knocked unconscious. The girl is there, and she's, like... She's just kind of caring for him. Like, we immediately see that this girl is, like, quote-unquote, a good mutant. Yeah, I deemed her Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And then there's another, like, cannibal that's watching, um, and he's, like, eating the dog's leg, which I don't know why they don't, like, I don't know why that one doesn't kill Bobby. Maybe he's already full from eating the dog. I don't yeah, I'm... it seems like he would have taken Bobby, but somehow Bobby is left untouched. Huh? Yeah, you're right. So then Doug finds a ravine with like a bunch of cars, buses, <sighs> boats, even, um, and there's like bloody handprints all over the doors, and like this is how much of a fucking idiot this guy is. Hey, there's a crater down there filled with cars. I'm gonna go down there and investigate. He calls it a dump site. He's like, yeah, there's this dump site, and there's a bunch of cars and like buses and stuff. And I, look at all this stuff I found. He found an abandoned car with a teddy bear in it. Oh my god, this and pissed he, me off so much. He just pulled the teddy bear and like dusted he was like, it off. Oh, this is a perfect gift for my daughter. Oh, my God. Like, did any parent, like, I mean, obviously this is supposed to be so, like, we don't like him or that we just think that he's, like, an idiot because no parent, like, that's, like, the equivalent of you finding, like, a dirty teddy bear on the side of a road and being, like, this is a great gift for my child. (laughs) So after we see that, like, the camera zooms out and we see that there's several more craters like this in the same vicinity. Yeah, to show like bombs have craters from bombs that yeah. were dropped back then back in the 40s. I mean, I got the impression that it was also like there were that more like that many more cars. Oh yeah, I'm sure the craters were filled with cars and buses and stuff. Yeah. So it's nightfall now, Big Bob makes it to the gas station and no one's there. The phone's broken. And he finds the tourist shit with the ear, like, in the takeout box. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into full cop mode immediately, pulls out his gun. He's a bad cop. Like... Why do you think I'm that? I'm so sorry. So, he <laughs> he pulls out the gun. There's no one in the gas station. He's calling for the, the attendant. So, he goes outside to this car. 
and he turns on the headlights and he can hear the gas attendant in this outhouse. So he goes to the outhouse and the gas attendant has a shotgun and the attendant is out of it. I think that I think the family might have been his last straw because he's very unwell and bawling his eyes out. Yeah, well, he has, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah, that doesn't help. (laughs) So then, um, so Big Bob tells him to, you know, get rid of his gun, put his hands up, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then he, the attendant ends himself right there, which, this is probably one of the most goriest part of the movie, I would say. Definitely. Yeah, they, the visual effects on this is pretty gnarly. Like, they they show everything. Yeah, they do. Like, his head's there one minute, and then it's just completely gone the next. Um, But anyways, my point is, after that, he starts hearing voices around him, and then Big Bob just starts shooting, like, in the dark, randomly, at voices. Yeah. Well, and then also, real quick, like, when he's still in the gas station, he actually finds, like, this corner of, like, the gas station attendant's, like, bedroom, Mm -hmm. and it's been, like made into this, like, little, I don't know. Like, you know in movies, like, cop movies, where they've got, like, the board with, like, the red string connecting everything? Yeah, it's the it's the Charlie in um, Always yeah. Sunny, the yeah, Pepe yeah, yeah. Sylvia thing. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah. See, you see clippings of, you know, missing families, uh, something's going on in this desert. Nuclear testing. Yeah, so... Miners... Uh, refusing to abandon their land for mm-hmm. nuclear testing. Yeah, so Big Bob, Big Bob the detector refused. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I, <laughs> you sounded like a Muppet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's. You could see he's putting everything together, and you know, something is definitely not right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just there's got to be some sort of training or something where if you're in the out in the dark, and you hear voices, you don't spin around and shoot randomly. I think that, too, this is the moment where he comes, like, out of cop mode because he sees all those newspaper clippings, and then he's like, oh, shit, my family. And Yeah, but... So he... Well, he's going into, like, dad mode. Like, he's... like You know what I mean? Like, he's left cop mode, and now he's like, I'm scared. You know? Which, I get understandably that, but so... You have Doug. Oh, my God. <laughs> So Big Bob starts hearing noises coming from all around him, and they're all saying "Daddy." And like, yeah, that was <laughs> all of these voices. Though, like every time that one of the mutants speak, like I don't know how they recorded it, but it sounds so like dubbed in. Like it, mm-hmm. like it's it's weird. It's hard to describe. And I think that that was one of the things that still held up for me. Was like the, like I remember hearing that like as a teenager and like just like the voices hmm. being scared by the voices like oh okay even in this part like even though they're saying like daddy which was silly <laughs> kill me daddy <laughs> um but like the way that it's recorded is a little creepy. And so he gets into the car. He tries to start it again, and then. The last voice, which, I mean, it's the same guy, but it sounds like it's coming from everywhere, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous because the guy's just hiding in the back of the car the whole time. And so he pops up and he's like, 
daddy. <laughs> and Jesus then Christ. <laughs> he doesn't even kill him. He just knocks him out. And then you see him like dragging him into the mines attached to this like mine cart. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like a couple other mutants in there that are talking. And then we cut back to like the family at the RV. Bobby is still passed out. But Brenda goes out looking for him. She finds him and she brings him back. They say that they heard breathing over the CV radio, like they tried to reach someone, even though Big Bob said that it would be too far to get a signal, but they tried to reach somebody, and they heard, like, breathing. And I think they mentioned it sounds like a porno call or something, or like a pervert. So Bobby doesn't say anything about finding beauty out in the desert, Mm -hmm. Um, but he is super panicked when, uh, I think he hears, like, beast barking outside or something um oh yeah so he goes outside to investigate and the lead is broke it looks like beast got out somehow right doug shows back up with a bunch of shit that nobody wants (laughs) um and then beast finds beauty i just wrote a big frowny face in my notebook oh that was a really sad part yeah and then bobby tries to tell doug what he saw um, but because <laughs> surprise, surprise, it doesn't believe him. Well, yeah. So Doug and Lynn are trying to go to sleep in the pickup truck, mm-hmm. um, just like to get some rest. And that like, if they tried to sleep in the wind stream with everyone, there's like six people in the wind stream. And it's like, I think Doug says that it's weird. Um, and so Bobby tries to tell him what he saw. But Doug thinks that he's upset about, like, Big Bob just, like, being gone for so long. And Mm -hmm. he's like, dude, I know you're worried about your dad, but, like, it's okay. And he even does say, like, this is, like, a little bit of a redeemable moment where he's like, if he's still gone by midnight, we'll go look for him. So now everyone is sleeping. Bobby stays up with a gun to kind of, like, keep watch. And he hears barking and he goes to investigate. But this is, like, clearly not beast barking um it's like a person barking well right you know and lynn is sleeping with earbuds in and suddenly like someone is in the air airstream with her or i'm sorry the wind stream and then you see this giant hand oh right come in like and caressing like, her face. yeah moving the hair out of her eyes so then bobby figures out that the barking is coming from a person uh, he sees something in the shadows, and then he wakes up uh, Doug and Lynn, and that's when he tells them about beauty. About he was like, I don't, I didn't want to freak anybody out, but this is what I saw, and we're not alone. Wait, you thought he woke them up? He does. They were what? clearly having sex or about to. Wait, really? Yeah, that's why. That's why Doug came up with the excuse of like, oh, it'd be weird if there was a lot of people. He just wanted alone time with. With Lynn. Cause but were they having sex? They were about to. I didn't so see. So Bobby comes up to the window and the camera's inside the car. Yeah. And all the windows are steamed up. And then the windows are rolling down and then you either hear Lynn or Doug be like, fuck. Oh. Yeah. Well, I missed that. I don't know. I was going the PG <laughs> route. I thought that the windows were just steamed because they were breathing a lot in there. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> So Doug takes on like big man role. He's like, we're going to we're going to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this is like where like shit hits the fan. 
And this scene is, like, so long. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is, like, the main, I would say, like, I don't know, the main, like, scare factor. Like, this whole scene. This is definitely where it escalates and the movie finally starts picking up. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, like, the mutant that's caressing, and I know, like, all of these guys have names. Like, they're Mm -hmm. accredited on IMDb with, like, names. And I don't know what this guy's name is, but he comes up a lot during the movie, so maybe I feel like we should look it up. Yeah, I forget his name. Okay, back from a brief pause while we look (laughs) that up. His name is Pluto. So Pluto is uh, caressing Lynn's hair still, and then he hits this button on, like, a detonator, and then all of a sudden Big Bob is on fire chained to a tree mm-hmm. in, like, the nearby desert. Also known as a barbecue. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and this one was, um, the editing was, I don't know what they were thinking, but it essentially takes you from inside the trailer all the way pretty much, like, across, like, this, like, small patch of desert to this tree where Bob was. And he's tied to the trees with explosives, lights on fire, and he's screaming. So then, um, like, everyone can can hear this. So Doug, Bobby, Lynn, and their mom, I believe, they all run out. And they're trying to investigate, like, what the hell is this noise? Um, so when everyone leaves, then Brenda is left alone in this trailer with with Pluto and she's like trying to scream and he's like covering her mouth. And um yeah. Baby Catherine is also in the trailer. Oh, that's right. With them. And then there's also another mutant in there called I think Lizard. Mhm. Yeah. Um real quick though before like anything starts hap- like really happening inside the windstream, Doug runs in. Doesn't even fucking look at his oh. baby or at Brenda, and he grabs the fire extinguisher, and he just goes, Brenda, watch baby Catherine, yeah. and runs out. Like, okay, it was one of those things where there's a lot of commotion going on, and you're not really, like, paying attention. You're just focused on, in this case, grabbing, like, the fire extinguisher, and he just kind of says out loud, you know, Brenda, watch over the baby, blah, blah, blah. But for those of you at home who have not seen this movie, Pluto is... A gigantic being. Yeah, he's a big he's, dude. He is massive. I have no idea how, even out of your peripheral vision, and you he's could wearing miss. like black too. Like it's not like they're blending in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's clearly a big dude wearing all black, like in the bed with Brenda. And, like, and meanwhile, another one standing right next to your fucking baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he grabs the fire extinguisher. He goes outside to help Big Bob. And um, then uh, this part is, like, always very difficult to watch in the trailer. Um, So, like, Pluto and Lizard, like, those two, like, mutants or whatever, they're in there with Lynn and baby Catherine. One of them eats the – they have, like, a pet bird in there. Um which, like, oh, my God, why would you... 
<laughs> you're traveling with like six family members and you bring your fucking pet bird. Oh my god! Like, let's you, just add to the chaos. Let's you put never, a bird in here. Never leave home without your parakeet. Though. Yeah. So he bites the head off of the parakeet and then drinks its blood. Lizard does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember that being unsettling to me as a teenager. That still held up. I was very unsettled by it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that now watching it, like I said, like as a parent, like I'm, I was more focused on like where's the baby at all times. I'm like, where's this baby? Yeah. Um. So Lynn is screaming the whole time, and she's like almost getting raped. And then I think Lizard says something like, "You have to be a man to do that." And so I think that. It's implied that Pluto is deformed downstairs or like doesn't have working parts. I don't know. I thought of it as Lizard is one of the few that has like a working vocabulary and he can actually, you know. Articulate? (laughs) Yeah. So I think it was just him like, again, establishing his, I guess, dominance in this family. I thought it was like a working. Yeah. Downstairs. I... I really don't want to be thinking about it, so let's just move on. Um, Lynn does end up getting raped by Lizard, which is, like, ugh. This part, like, it's not even scary. Like, I mean, yeah, it is scary, but it's just, like, really uncomfortable and, like, really, like, ugh, like, cringy. Mm-hmm. Like, not cringy as in, like, lame, but, like. Yeah. It's, it's, it is it's hard to watch. It's difficult to watch, yeah. Right. Um, Brenda ends up going into the RV because she hears screaming from it. And I, I know I keep calling the windstream an RV, but whatever. Interchangeable. <laughs> and Lizard now, like, has her baby. And she hits him over in the face with a frying pan. Um, but then I think he, like, drops the baby. And he's, like, They also, both fall down together. Yeah, and then he, like... He has the gun. I think Bobby leaves the gun inside the windstream. That's where he gets the gun from. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, like, points it at the baby, and he's, like, I don't know. I think he just, like, threatens to shoot the baby. And now Lynn is also being assaulted. I fucking hate this movie. (laughs) I Like like I said, it's not even scary. It's just, like, I don't want to watch it. At least this part specifically felt very unnecessary. It's like, yeah. we we get it. The mutants have the power. They're fucked up. They're cannibals. It just felt overloaded. Like, like I said, like they were definitely going for shock factor over anything mm-hmm. here. Like, they didn't have to put this in. No, like, not at all. I mean, biting the head off of a bird and then drinking You would still blood. drive the point home. Right. Yeah. Without all of this. So the mom comes in, Ethel... Because I guess, like, Big Bob is, like, a lost cause out there, so everybody's just kind of like, let's wrap this up. Oh, yeah, he's charred beyond belief. Yeah, I think, like, Doug and Bobby are still out there, like, helping him down, which, by the way, like, Bobby's acting, again, was, like, Mm -hmm. really good with this. Yeah. Um, But then Ethel comes back in. She has, like, a big rock, and she's, like, about to, like, uh, I guess kill Lizard, I think, who is still assaulting Lynn at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I think Pluto grabs the gun, or I don't know, one of them grabs the gun and absolutely fucking desecrates her. <laughs> <laughs> I I never know whether to feel bad or not for laughing, but Lizard had the gun and last minute he saw her. So he raises the gun and <laughs> fucking 
shoots her like in the like in in the center of her chest, and she like ragdolls ac- yeah <laughs> across the airstream or windstream yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and it blows my mind that like complete <laughs> crash test dummy. Just the <laughs> physics of it was just hilarious. <laughs> I I couldn't stop chuckling. No, it's okay. I mean, I laugh too. <laughs> Maybe they're like, we need some comedic relief. Like, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so then afterwards, Lynn stabs one of them in, like, the leg, and then mm-hmm. they shoot her in the face. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> what the fuck are you laughing <laughs> Yeah, so she she stabs Lizard in the leg with, I think, like a screwdriver or something. Yeah. And um, they actually go kind of bold. I wasn't expecting this. Uh, Lizard just shoots Lynn, like, pretty much... Point blank in the face. There was a lot of blood, though. I I thought he shot her in the head and just... It was eviscerated. No, I mean, like, I think, like, part of her head came off. um, Because then, I guess, like, they both... Well, Pluto grabs the baby, and then they both, like, peace... Yeah. And then Doug comes into the trailer and he finds Lynn. Uh, he's like, oh, my God, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, like that. He's, he, his hand was a little shaky. He was looking at Lynn. And it was the most, like, forgettable, oh, no, she's dead. Well, yeah, because, like, he <laughs> just, like, fucking, you know, checked out her sister five minutes ago. And, like, I don't know. She's still alive, but then she, like takes a couple breaths and then dies and uh, i thought uh ethel was dead but yes again yeah quickly though before uh ethel dies we do see um like another mutant and his name is goggle the one who was eating beauty's leg Mm. um earlier in the film beast is like Beast was my favorite character in this movie. The like, <laughs> and that's saying something. That the fucking dog is my favorite character. Like the only redeemable character. Like I mean, I I liked Bobby too, like mm-hmm. you said, but um, I was Team Beast all the way. So he like goes out and finds this mutant that killed Beauty, and he fucking eats him. Mm-hmm. Completely destroys him. It was great. Yeah, I love it. And then. It cuts, and they're all kind of, like, recovering in the wind stream. Uh, Brenda is completely, like... Shell-shocked, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, in, like, a psychotic break. And Ethel is, like, laying down. She's delusional. She's dying. Um, she's really cold. And she's asking about Big Bob. Uh, Bobby is, like, freaking out. He's like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, these mm-hmm. people are going to come back. What are Like, what's the plan? And he's asking Doug this. And Doug is like, I don't know. So the, the mom dies. And then Doug is like, we need a plan. And then Bobby calls him a pussy. And then they both hear talking over the radio. Turns out the beast bit off this dude's arm. Okay, I was Dre- very... Yeah. I was very confused about this. No, it was like a... It was so it was like a... It was like a pet bringing like a trophy to its owners. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, Beast bites the arm off this dude. It still had the walkie-talkie. That makes a in lot. The hand. That makes a lot more sense because yeah. they they hear the talking and then they both stare at the door to the wind stream and the mm-hmm. door's closed. So then Bobby pops off a few shots through the door. And then they open it, and there's just an arm laying on the ground with a walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I 
couldn't make that connection of they, How they shot an arm off. Like, I, oh, okay. so it, okay, that makes a lot more sense. They, yeah. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> yeah. So then they hear talking over the radio. It's saying like, "Where's Goggle? We need to finish them off. Jupiter's going to go finish them off." And Doug gets on the radio, which is, I think is like the fucking dumbest thing. Like, obviously, like an emotional decision, but still. Mm-hmm. He was literally just saying, we need a plan. And he gets right on the radio. He's like, where's my baby? Give me my baby back. Why are you doing this to us? And then they, like... I want my baby back. <laughs> my baby back. Baby back. Baby back. <laughs> so, so he's like... Uh, they don't answer him, obviously. And mm-hmm. then they put Catherine on the radio, and she's, like, crying. And... Then I guess, like, the next morning or, like, when morning breaks, at least, Doug takes Beast out to follow the trail. And he finds the mine entrance. And all that he has is, like, a bat. I mean, he does ask before leaving. He asks Bobby, like, how many, like, clips he has left in the gun. But he doesn't take the gun because Bobby still has the gun. So he just leaves with a fucking baseball bat and the dog. Why is Doug going? Like, I mean, I understand it's, like, his his baby and stuff, but he has shown not really any kind of like chivalry or courage at this point. And I feel like Bobby would be super driven to go. I like he was the one pushing Doug for like there, there to be a plan to take. Yeah. To take action. I feel like he, I, I wished that at least he would have went with Doug yeah. To accompany him on this. Um, and it feels just like wasted potential. Doug's like pulling this like Rambo stint and you're just like. Yeah, but Bobby and Brenda are busy building their Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. They went full Kevin. Yeah, home alone. <laughs> <McAllister. laughs> Yeah. So Doug takes Beast out and they find Catherine very quickly, actually, um, in like a. <laughs> A nuclear like testing site house. Um, there's like a mutant with like a neck brace on, um, like not like a typical neck brace, but like kind of like bolted squares. I don't know. It looked like a saw trap or something. Yeah, it's called. I think it's called a halo. So when you have surgery on your neck, oh it's yeah, this cage pretty much that keeps your, your right. head still. And he's pulling like a dead girl's body, and then Doug leaves Beast in the car. That was one of my notes. Why the hell would you do that? You use all the help that you can, you know? And he just leaves the dog in the car and he's like, shh, be quiet. So he goes in the house to get Catherine. And then there's, like, some lady who, like, I looked it up online. She's not even, like, mutated or deformed. Like, she's just... Bald. Yeah. (laughs) Just a bald lady. Watching Divorce Court. (laughs) How'd they get TV out there? I don't like, know. I think we're thinking about this way too hard. <laughs> I'm expecting way too much out of Elsa Eyes. Uh, okay. So Doug grabs Catherine and then the lady gets him. No lie. I have so much fucking notes on this movie. Yeah. Devin takes very extensive notes. But I feel like nothing even happened in this movie and I have five pages. <laughs> I think you wanted something to happen so bad. Probably. So Bobby and Brenda successfully rig, like, this Rube Goldberg machine, and then uh, they put their mom and sister's body in the back of the truck. Uh, 
Doug is trapped in a bloody deep freezer with like a shit ton of other body parts, but it appears that he is actually like intact. Where like before the cutscene, like it made it seem like the lady like chopped his arm off or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just knocked him out. Yeah, he's yeah. fine, and he manages to kick off the door, and then like they show Beast still in the fucking car. Like he Beast eats his way out of the car. But by the way, this is in a desert. Like. I mean, they tell you, like, you can't put your dog in a locked car for, like, you know, in the span of, like, five minutes, it gets to, like, 120 degrees in the car when it's, like, oh, I see what you mean. outside. Like, and he puts his dog, his killer dog, like, the only chance he has at mm-hmm. succeeding in this, and he puts him in a hot car to, like, fucking dehydrate him. Well, good thing Beast eats his way through the floorboard and, and gets out. Yes, Doug is walking through the house with, like, a bunch of, like, testing mannequins. Like, you know, the type. They put, like, fake 1950s families in these testing houses. Um, And he hears, like, a raspy voice start singing the Star-Spangled Banner. And it's, like, a guy with, like, a tumor, it looks like. Yeah, on his head. Um, And he's, like, laying in a chair. And, like, he literally can't, like, lift his head up because, like, the tumor is so big. He gives us this wonderful exposition, literally lays out mm-hmm. everything that we need to know about, like, why they're doing this, like, what happened to them, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and he says, you made us what we become, and then, like, Doug's like, where's my fucking baby? Like, give me my baby, where is she? And then, oh, my God, <laughs> this guy, he says it's breakfast time. And then Pluto busts through the fucking wall like a like Kool-Aid guy. And I lost it at this part. Oh, my God. I was laughing so much. I was in tears. He looked like the Kool-Aid guy just busting through the wall. <laughs> and he has, like, a pickaxe. And then they start this really long, like, chase slash fight scene. It went on forever. So long. I don't think I've ever read or seen a character that has this much plot armor doug should have died yeah a hundred times over he dodged every almost every single like and he's a democrat (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i don't know i have a lot of notes about this fight scene but i think main takeaways are uh doug loses his finger conveniently Mm -hmm. his ring finger and then I think at one point, like, he's, like, feeling like he's going to give up or, like, he's really at his limit. And then it shows him, like, looking at his bloody ring, like, his bloody wedding ring. Right. And he's, like, I don't know. He gets, like, a second wind, which is such bullshit because he's, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm thinking about my dead wife. Like, I, you know, I need to do this for her. And he didn't even like her. Yeah, it felt like they were really forcing the whole, like, Doug's the the main protagonist, the good guy that we all need to root for. Because literally, okay, so the way that he kills Pluto... But we just don't give a shit about Doug. Yeah. The way that he kills Pluto, he stabs a screwdriver through his foot, so he, like, holds him there. Which I was like, Pluto should have worn his steel toe boots (laughs) for uh, today. Yeah, he was pinned to the ground. You're right. And then he grabs this, like flag that was through someone like another body's like neck that was just like sitting around a dining room table and he grabs the american flag and like puts it through his neck i think or his head and then 
He axes his throat, and, like, this heroic music is playing. And then he grabs his bloodied glasses and puts them back on his face while, Mm -hmm. like, this hero music plays. And it's ridiculous. And he doesn't kill the tumor guy. And so, like, the tumor guy calls over the radio, and he's like, kill the baby. And it's like, I don't know why you wouldn't kill this guy. Like... Yeah, I'm not sure. Because then he but, goes on, like, a murderous rampage. He's like, I'm going to kill all these mutants. Because right. he goes outside and he goes to the neck brace dude, and then he kills him, too. Because he takes Pluto's, like, pickaxe or whatever. Right, and then when Doug leaves the house, then everyone's favorite dog, Beast, arrives. And so after the big head gave his instruction... Oh, Beast, yeah, Beast eats him. Yep, yeah, Beast came up and you could just hear the dog snarling and yeah, it's chewing like, away at him. thank you, Beast, for doing what Doug should have done. Like, right. continually cleaning up his messes and doing the work <laughs> for him. I salute you, Beast. So the little girl is now with Catherine, like baby Catherine, somewhere. The little girl? What you, oh, Ruby. Uh, Ruby, the yeah. Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Lizard goes to kill the baby. Uh... And Doug is, like, they like they cut back and forth. Like, Doug's in the wrong house. You think that he's in the right house, but mm-hmm. he's not. It's, like, a doll that's in, like, a crib. And then in another part of, like, the desert, the, like, Ruby and Lizard are there. And Lizard goes to kill the baby, but Ruby took the baby and puts a pig in the place of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I'm fucking over this at this point. Bobby and Brenda's contraption goes off, and someone steals, like, Mom's body out of there for a a snack again. Yeah, another mutant with a giant beard this time. Yeah, and then uh, Bobby has a gun, but he, like, runs, and he just shoots blindly behind him while Brenda opens, like, propane tanks in the trailer. And then they blow up the whole windstream for one dude Mm. yeah so they set up this trap real quick where real quick it took like all day no no i mean me explaining it okay so so they set up uh like fishing line from this fishing pole that doug found in the crater uh as like a an alarm system Mm -hmm. uh and so the whole point was they would attach these matches towards like the front door of the wind stream and they would open up the propane tanks. And it was pretty smart. They, uh, Bobby, like, tied the the guy, the mutant, to the windstream for a little bit to buy oh, some yeah, time. Oh, yeah, they, like, tied his hands, like, inside the window somehow. Yeah, so. Like, he handcuffed him, essentially. Yeah, so Mick Beardface, he opened the oh, door, God. and then the matches, you know, they struck and hit the gas and just... You're right, completely obliterated the shit out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, celebrating. I'm like, but dude, you're in the middle alive. of the fucking desert. Oh, well, yeah, th- like, uh, barely, yeah. yeah. But my whole thing was, like, you're in the middle of the desert. Like, that was, uh, if it didn't move, at least you had food and, like, shelter. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they just, like, blow up the entire wind stream for mm-hmm. one guy. I thought when they were setting up the trap that they were going to, like, lure, like, multiple ones out there or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so then Ruby goes to give the baby to Doug, but then Lizard shows up, which at this point you called him the Gary Busey mutant. Oh, my God. Gigantic teeth. 
scraggly white hair. Just like slightly the- offset eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he like jumps out of nowhere like a cat and like lands. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I think so, you made that noise. Yeah, yeah. They lands on Doug and then they like scuffle and fight. Mm-hmm. And he like slaps him with the tire spikes because that's like his weapon of choice or whatever. Ruby runs off with the baby, and then, oh, I'm sorry. This is when Doug sees his bloody wedding ring. Uh, but he beats Gary Busey down, and then shoots, <laughs> and then sh- shoots him while like his theme hero music is playing. Uh, but he doesn't double tap him. Uh, again, and he drops the fucking gun right next to the body. Mm-hmm. Gets his baby, and then they have, like, this really cute moment where the baby's just, like, you know, playing with all, like, the blood that's just all over mm-hmm. Doug. <laughs> um, and then uh, Lizard stands up with the gun, and Ruby takes the bullet, and then they both fly over the cliff together, and then they all reunite, somehow including Beast, who was last left at the tumor guy house, uh, and then it zooms out in the binoculars frame, so... Someone else is watching them and hunting them down. The end. (laughs) So is Beast infected now? Like, Beast ate a, like, radiated human. Yeah, I guess. Does that transfer? I guess so. Also, a very gimmicky way of setting up a A sequel, sequel. which there is one, by the way. Oh, I know. I've watched it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Like I said, when I was a teenager, I really fucking liked this movie. Uh, well, yeah, this one, but I didn't know if you watched oh, the yeah, sequel. Oh, yeah, no, I watched the sequel, too. Yeah. I think the only thing that I remember from the sequel is that, like, there's, like, a... I don't know, they have, like, chained up women in the mines that, like, they're, hmm. like, breeding, basically. Ugh, that's the only part I remember. I don't know how they're going to get out of the desert. I know, like... That's... Well, I guess they could walk back to the gas station and get that car... Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, what did you rate this beautiful gem? So, I rated this movie, my movie, my pick for favorite horror movies of all time. <laughs> I rated it a 3 out of 10. <sighs> and I'm I... I'm good with not watching it for another 13 years. I completely understand your rating. Um, I gave this a 4 out of 10. Wow. I was going back and forth between a 3 out of 10 and a 4 out of 10. And I wonder how long it's going to take for us to get a, the same rating on a movie. I kind of went back to look at my ratings for other movies. And I rated Girl on the Third Floor a 4 out of 10. And I rated Drive Through a 3 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And I... Didn't want to put this on the same level as Girl on the Third Floor, uh, because at least I feel like that had a little bit more substance. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I didn't like this at all. Neither I, did like, I. I think that if you like gory movies, or if you're in for the shock factor, sure. Um, I'll do you one better. If you're into gore and shock factor, and you are into, like, the group of people, isolation, horror with, you know, like a cat and mouse kind of deal, mm-hmm. watch Wrong Turn. 
That was actually one of like the suggested movies on like IMDb, and I hadn't seen that one in forever either. I I used to watch that a lot. Yeah. When I was younger, um, I mean, I had a a pretty massive crush on Eliza Dushku, but I don't know. It's much more favor favorable movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this honestly, you could start this movie at the fifty percent mark and not really miss anything. You would yeah. still get the story. Yeah. You wouldn't have to deal with, like, almost an hour of I think the family bickering. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think I think it's kind of funny to see my taste mature a bit because, <laughs> like, I think that as a teenager versus now mm-hmm. as an adult with two children, I have two very different views on this movie. I didn't care for it at all. Right. Today. Like, yeah, you yeah. know? Like... So you said no to a rewatchability for this? Yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe in another 13 years, but... Yeah, I'm with you. I think I agree. I'm I'm okay if I never seen this, see this movie again. Key takeaways for me, though, of, like, parts that I actually enjoyed. I liked seeing Ted Levine, or Levine, mm-hmm. however you say his last name, um, as the dad, because I just genuinely like seeing him and stuff. Right. Um... I liked Bobby's character because I ha- I did have a massive crush on him in Cinderella story. Um, and it's really cool to see, like, the juxtaposition of those two characters, like, in completely, like, different types of movies. That's still cool. Um, I loved when Pluto busted down the wall like the Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> Uh, and I will forever be left with your impression of Big Bob. I think we should give the MVP status to Beast. Oh, yes. Special shout out to him. Best character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but not a lot of redeeming qualities. No. (laughs) Other much more healthy picks (laughs) are out there. Like, God forbid they do survive and Catherine is raised by Doug. Like, oh my God. Could you imagine? I don't want to. I don't either. I just want to go in and, like, sweep that baby out of that movie. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. I, I would I would love to uh, to move on from this one. But I, I'm honestly, I'm uh, so stoked for the uh, 50 Frights, 50 Nights. Well, now I need to go reevaluate all of my life decisions on this list that or I've come up with. Now maybe the bar is so low that we can only exceed it from here on out. Yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> I think this must have been made during, like, the Saw era of movies, like... Oh, Because absolutely. it seems like it has the same tone, like, the same kind of, like, even saturation, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm feeling like Saw 2, which actually, Saw 2 was another one that I watched. Maybe I'll put that one on my list. <laughs> I that one, <laughs> I know what I'm getting into with that one. I do right. remember a lot of it. This one, I didn't remember, like, I didn't remember a lot of the movie. Um, mm. But I, I did remember that, like, I used to watch it, like, a lot, and I enjoyed it. So after watching the remake, do you have any interest in seeing the original or no? Not really. Okay. I mean, like, I don't know. I imagine that it's much more tame. Like, I really don't feel like sitting through another rape scene. Yeah. No, like, I, I really that. don't ever want to watch, like, Last House on the Left 
on this podcast. Mm, I got you. I think I watched it like one time. And it was on a date, by the way. Really? Yeah, I don't know why he decided to choose that movie. Uh, like big rapey vibes. Yeah. No bueno. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if anyone is so inclined to watch this, uh, we watched it through Stars. Yeah, uh, you need a subscription, though, obviously. Um, also available on Amazon. I was really set on watching the unrated version of this when we first put it on, but it was not available through Stars, and I really am very curious as to what exactly was What unrated. additional stuff is in there that... Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be so helpful. We would be very appreciative of that. Um, and we look forward to seeing you next week for Joe's pick mm-hmm. of 50 Frights, 50 Nights. Do you know which one you're going to go with? Uh, I still don't know. So I think it's going to be a last-minute kind of bars set very low oh yeah that's a good point maybe i should pick one of my my weakest ones i know the movies that you have on your list and honestly i think all of them are gonna beat out mine yeah well this this one for sure i don't know but i I like to feel because you have like critically acclaimed movies on your list (laughs) and i have like most (laughs) dinky movies from like the mid 2000s that's okay i know for sure that i have one that is pretty obscure that not a lot of people at least that i've talked to uh are aware of oh i think i know which one you're talking about is it the foreign one uh, yeah, an Australian horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I'll, if I'll start with that or not, but... Um, oh, I would love to watch it again. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, most most of mine on the list are are, are bigger names, but um, it's just... Uh, it's cozy. I like, I like revisiting them from time to time, and this is a good time as any to, to dive back into those. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt about choosing this movie but not anymore <laughs> anyway <laughs> all right we've gone long on long enough yeah uh thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week all right take care guys <laughs>